Now, we started last week uh, with this subject, uh, God's plan for his church. I need you to repeat that with me. Say, God's plan for his church. Notice I did not say God's plan for our church. Because the way we want to do church sometimes is not the way God's plan is laid out for his church. And what my, my assignment as your pastoral leader is, is to give you what God's word says for his church. Now, if you don't want to be a part of God's church, <laughs> that's on you. But I tell you what, I'm going to go with God. I want to be a part of his church and not do my own thing. So here in, in Ephesians, the third chapter, uh, we begin to see the Apostle Paul writing in this text. This is one of our base scriptures for our study. Uh, as you guys know, we kicked off our uh, our discipleship training study calling building a multi-ethnic church and we've taken a deep dive into God's word to see what his word says about his church and what God's plan is and again guys I'm super excited because the Lord is unveiling and things that have been there all along but sometimes we've missed it because we haven't dove, dove, dove into his word and relied on the Holy Spirit to give us inspiration and insight so Ephesians chapter number three verse number one the text says this When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles. He says this, assuming, by the way, that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. Verse 3 says, as I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. Read that with me. Say, Say it again. God himself did what his his mysterious plan to me verse number four let's read together as you read what i have written you will understand my insight into this plan regarding christ god did not reveal it to the pre to previous generations but now by his spirit he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets and this is god's plan Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. Let's keep reading. Verse seven. By God's grace and mighty power, I have given the I've been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I'm the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Verse 11, this was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Talking about God's plan for his church. Now, guys, uh, I want to share with you, and and as we get into this part of this text, uh, the second part of your, your, your sermon notes talks about understanding the mystery of the church. Now, this is crucially important because I, I need you all to pay attention to me today as we walk through the scripture. As I said on the conference, on, on the Zoom, not conference call, the Zoom call on Wednesday night, 
many people come to the body of Christ from various walks of life and from various experiences that you had uh, through your, the time that you've been here on earth. Some come uh, from, from, from backgrounds of abuse. Uh, so when they get into the church, uh, they'll come into the church looking uh, and, and being on guard and being very fragile because uh, that background of abuse is still dominate the way they think today. Are y'all listening to me today? And so, the, so that person may have trust issues as it relates to, to, to relationships because they were abused as a child or even abused as an adult. So, but they got saved and now they're in the body of Christ. There are many of y'all that, that, you know, many of us have came from various backgrounds into this church. And some of you may have came from a background where in your upbringing there was segregation. Um, if you're old enough, all of you came through those who are probably past, I'm, I'm going to say 65 years of age. Remember those times. Okay. Uh, so when you come into the body of Christ, you come with that background. Okay. Now what we got to recognize is whatever background we came from, when we come into the body of Christ, that background, although it never goes away, although our history doesn't go away, that history, if we, if, we, if, we, if we go with God, we can allow that history to still dominate us and to cloud our judgment and our thinking to the point to where we can't see things the way God says we should see it. Are y'all tracking with me today? And so uh, I thank God that many of y'all in here have, have learned that, that, that when I get into Christ and when I lose my mind, hello, and gain the mind of Christ, I begin to look at life differently. Hello, somebody. Now, but on the contrary, now you also can come into the body of Christ and then not let the word of God renew your mind and you still think and you, you view everything through the prism of your experiences. And as a result, what will happen is, if you're not careful, guys, you allow your experience to trump the word of God because the word of God will say this, but you'll say, well, my experience says this. So, God, God, I'm not going to go with you. I'm going to go with my experience. Everybody's had experience. But what I'm asking you to do is, as we go through this study, is let the word of God speak. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. I, I need you to look at them in the eye. Come on. They got a mask on their, on their face, but you can see the eyes, can't you? Say, neighbor. Let the word of God speak. Amen. Now, guys, in the New Testament, a mystery is a truth that was hidden by God in times past and is now revealed to those who are in his family. A mystery is a sacred secret that is unknown to unbelievers, but understood and treasured by the people of God. The mystery, again, that we're talking about here, we start understanding the mystery of the church. The mystery was prophesied to Abraham. Let's go back there real quickly. Genesis, the 17th chapter, verses 1 through 5. The mystery was prophesied to Abraham. Uh, Galatians says, that the gospel was preached unto Abraham. Galatians, I mean, Genesis, the 17th chapter, verse number one. Let's go to Genesis 17, verse number one right quick, okay? Are you still tracking with me? The text says this, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. Verse two says what? I will make a covenant with you by which I guarantee to give you countless descendants. Verse 3 says, at this, Abraham fell down on the ground. Then God said to him, verse 4, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. 
a multitude of nationalities, a multitude of ethnic groups. I told you that in order for God to redeem mankind, because mankind messed it up in the garden, in order for redemption to come, redemption had to come through a man. So God poured out of himself, all right, he, he started the process here with Abraham to bring, the, to bring the promised seed down through 42 generations to be born in a manger in Bethlehem. So God had to choose a family unit to come through. So here we see him uh, uh, choosing the family unit through which he would bring the Savior through. This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of many nationalities, many nations. Verse number five says what? What's more, I'm changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. In Galatians 3 and 8, we saw where it says the gospel was preached to Abraham. Let's go there right quick. So I want to make sure that you get this down. Galatians 3 and 8. Listen to me as we un- unfold the mission. I asked you a question on Wednesday night, and some of y'all got it, some of y'all didn't. But we're going to unpack what the mystery is and what God was doing. All right? Galatians, the third chapter, and we'll look at verse number 8. Uh, real quick, it says, And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, what was that gospel he preached? In thee shall all nations be blessed. In the gospel that was preached to Abraham was that in thee all nations shall all nations be blessed. It through your seed, all nationalities are going to be blessed. Okay? Let's keep walking here. Now, as we look at this, guys, it's critically important for us to get, get understand the mystery is important for four different groups in this text that we find ourselves in back in Ephesians, the third chapter. Let's look at those four groups, four, four entities, if, if you will, and see the importance of it. So let's walk there, okay? Verses one through five deals with the first one is Paul. Now, in this passage, guys, as we look at it, in this passage, Paul begins by calling himself a prisoner. Everybody say prisoner. That's in verse one. He says, once you were dead because... Uh, in, in Ephesians 37 says, when I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles. So Paul calls himself a prisoner and then he calls himself in verse 7 a minister. Now let's unpack this prisoner minister uh, dichotomy here. Paul was a prisoner because he believed in God's new program of uniting believing Jews and Gentiles into one body, the church. Are you with me today? See, Paul knew from the very beginning of his Christian life that God had called him to take the gospel to the Gentiles. And he was not disobedient to that call. Wherever Paul ministered, wherever he ministered, guys, he found that local churches composed of believing Jews and Gentiles all one in Christ Jesus. Because Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, He was accused of being prejudiced against the Jews, particularly the Jewish believers in Jerusalem and Judea. But even though Paul took drastic steps to try to pacify the Jewish believers, even having some of of his cohorts who didn't have to be circumcised, but he he insisted that they be circumcised so they wouldn't hinder them from ministering to a a Jewish audience when he was going to share with them. So so, so many many of them accused Paul of being prejudiced against the Jews. Now, guys, Let's pause for a second. Think about this for a second. When the church was established, the Jewish nation, because they were the group that God chose to bring the Messiah 
uh, through and they were the first to receive the gospel message. They thought that they had a premium with God, that they had a position with God that nobody else could have. Not realizing that God's plan all along was not just to use them, but to use everybody to bring them into the body of Christ. Are you tracking with me today? I shared with you on Wednesday night. Let's look at something right here. Go to, go to Acts the ninth chapter. Acts chapter number nine. And we're going to look at Paul's conversion experience. Now watch this because this is real important because Paul faced a lot of uh, heartache and turmoil with his calling because he was saying it's not just Jews, but it's other ethnic groups also. And this is important, guys, because as we as a church uh, seek to become what God said we should have been all along, you got to be careful that you don't come into uh, that, that you don't sit here in the church and say, like I told you, that, that lady said in that dream where that vision where the, the demonic spirit says, I don't want to change. I want to remain the same. And there are people who says, I don't want to change. I want to remain the same. Leave me alone. I like it the way it is. I'm here to tell you, when you go with God and when you grow with God, you cannot remain the same. And particularly when we see the mystery of the church and see what God says in his word, you, if we're going to be who we say we are, because I'm, I'm not so convinced that everybody who say that they are Christian are really a Christian. As a matter of fact, I know that to be true. Because you can sit here anytime, listen to me carefully now, anytime that you can say that you love Jesus but hate your brother, something ain't right. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put Bible on it. God says you can't, you can't, love, you can't love me who, who you haven't seen and then hate your brother who you see every day. So if you got a problem with somebody based on the way they look on the outside, you got a problem with Jesus. And you're going to have a problem in this church because we're going to preach Jesus. And if you got a problem with Jesus and we preaching Jesus, you have a problem in the church because we're going to preach Jesus. Can I get a witness? All right. So, so, so watch this, watch this. Um, let's get back. Uh, what did I tell you? Go to Acts tonight chapter. I didn't tell you what verse did it. Uh, brother, Jay, you, I know you're waiting on me, brother. Uh, so, so, so Saul, to make the long story short, on the road to Damascus, met the resurrected Savior. And he, made, he had a conversion experience. And we saw on Wednesday night, look at verse number 15. The, the text says, but the Lord said, go. He's talking to Ananias here, guys. Let's, let's back up in verse number 13. Uh, verse number 11. <laughs> Can we go to verse number 11? Let's read it again. It says what? The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named who? Saul. Who's he talking to here? And. Now, he's talking to Ananias here. The Lord is talking to Ananias. Ananias is a Christian. Y'all got that? He's a Christian. And he's talking to Ananias. Right? He says, when you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. Look at the next verse. Let's read together. It says what? I have shown him a, a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. You know, Saul, whose name is later changed to Paul, was blinded on the road to Damascus. So he, Paul, Saul, whose name is changed to Paul, was over there praying. God already gave him the vision that a man named Ananias is going to come in and lay hands on you so you can receive the sight again. But now watch Ananias' response. Here's, what I, here's why I need you to hone in on this. Because see, many of you all come to the church and you allow your experience to dominate your response. 
And when God's word says one thing, you say my experience says something else. And God, God, I know what you said in your word, but I don't believe your word because my experience is too strong. I need y'all to walk with me today. Watch this. But Lord, it didn't say quietly said Ananias, did it? It said, what does the word exclaim mean? Dramatically. God, but Lord, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. Watch this. But the Lord said, everybody say the Lord said. Go for Saul is my chosen vessel, my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings and as well as to the people of Israel. Paul, Saul was given an assignment to take the message to whom? To whom? The Gentiles. Other ethnicities besides the Jews and to what? To kings, those who are in political authority and as well as what? To the people of Israel. So even though Saul, Paul, was sent to the Gentiles, this says he was sent to everybody. So the gospel is for everybody. Are y'all tracking with me today? All right, so, so watch this. So as well as the people, let's, let's keep reading. Come on, let's go. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Can we keep reading? Let's go. Says what? So Ananias went and found Saul. Ananias, watch this, watch this, guys. Ananias was, was, was a little reluctant at first until he got a word from God. And some of y'all are a little reluctant. I know some of y'all, you know, I used to, can, can, I, can I talk to y'all honestly right quick? Do y'all mind? Listen, y'all don't know me by now. If you can't stand honestly, don't, you better not come to this church because I'm going I'm to teach you what the word of God says. I used to say this, and I, y'all heard me say this all the time. I used to say when I was working at the bank, when, I, when some of my, my, my white brothers and sisters would say, brother, man, I want to come to your church. Is it okay if I come to your church? And I was flabbergasted because they were saying, is it okay if I come to your church? I'm like, why wouldn't it be okay? Until we start teaching this. And then some, some people start saying, oh, uh, uh, I don't know. What you doing? I told you, the, the question I got the other week for somebody, was, which I appreciate questions. I, I love questions because I don't know what you're thinking if you don't give me your questions. The question was, basically, who authorized us to... To, uh, to, to talk about a month, uh, to become a multi-ethnic church. That was basically the question. Was it a vote of the membership? Was it was an administrative decision? Uh, or whatever. And, and my answer to that, in all honesty, and, 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 and guys, listen, I don't mind questions because we got to get to the heart of the matter. <laughs> this brother here, uh, 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 this sister over here, maybe just like Analyze. Analyze, Analyze was looking back at past experiences. And so when you look at what the Bible teaches, this is not a, 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 a de- democratic decision. The church has to follow the word of God. So we're just becoming who God said the church should have been all along. Y'all got me? So it's not a vote. It's not an a, 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 uh, administrative decision. It's a Bible decision. And I've told you all along, my 32 years since I've been here, if I ain't going to do nothing else, this black man going to preach the Bible. And if you can't stand that, I love you. Go somewhere that ain't going to preach the Bible. All right? But we're going to preach the word here. All right? But, but again, 
I'm okay with questions. Don't y'all think that I'm, I'm taken aback by questions. I love to have conversation. I like to reason out of the scripture. But here's what I would ask you. Whatever your take is on anything in life, especially when it comes to the church, I need you, baby, give me chapter and verse. Well, I just feel. No, I ask you what you felt. Give me chapter and verse. Because I'm going to give you chapter and verse. And I'm going to show you what the word of God says. And if, if you are going to be, if you're going to grow with God, you got to be a, a, a student of God's word. Is that fair enough? Again, I, I, don't, I don't mind questions. But when we, go to the, when we go to the book and I show you theologically and doctrinally what the word of God says, then now it's up to you to obey. It's up to me to obey what the word says. Y'all with me? So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's keep reading. It says, well, instantly something, something like scales fell from his Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was what? So he immediately baptized. Now watch what happens. Watch this, guys. After what he ate some food and regained his strength, Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. Now watch this. And immediately, everybody say immediately. And immediately began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue saying he is indeed the son of God. One other question that was asked of me, and again, perfectly legitimate question. Um, uh, it talked about the fact that, um, well, you know, shouldn't there be a time element or time limit before people get involved in church? Uh, what the Bible says here, uh, immediately he began preaching. Guys, you can serve right away. And I'm going to tell you something about me when it comes to ministry. I've told you all this before. Because I was the vice president of a bank for, for, uh, for how many years I was there at the bank, that don't mean nothing in the church. Your position out there means nothing to me and it means nothing to God. And so when we come in here, we all should be equipped to what? Serve. Saul, God did a supernatural work here. And, 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 and again, he saved them from persecuting the church to preaching the gospel message. So everybody can serve. Let me, let me show you what our attitude should be. Go to Mark, the 10th chapter, verse number 35 through 45. If you, if you sit here in church and watching and looking and seeing who, uh, who's doing what and, 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 and you have a spirit of whatever that criticizes somebody from serving, here's what I got news for you. There is so much work to do. There is so much service to be done that I promise you, if you want to serve, we got a spot for you. We're talking about serving. We ain't talking about just doing church. We're talking about serving. I promise you. Are y'all with me? Look, go to Mark 10, chapter verse number 35. Here's what our attitude should be. Watch this. Now, in this account here, guys, um, we don't see Mark's account doesn't have the mama coming, but in another gospel account, it, it shows the mother coming. But, but, but let's, let's, let's walk through here right quick. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him saying, what, teacher? We want you to do us a favor. Watch this, guys. What is your request, he asked. He's talking to Jesus. The text says what? They replied what? When you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you. One on your right hand, one on your right, and the other on your left. Verse 38 says what? But Jesus said to them, you, don't, you, you really don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Next verse says what? Oh, yes, they replied, we are able. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from the bitter cup and be baptized with, the, with my baptism of suffering. 
Next verse says, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has what? Chosen. All right, now watch this. Next verse, let's read. When the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were what? What does it mean to be indignant? They were beside themselves. They went crazy. They went ballistic because these guys are asking for a position. Let me tell you all about me. They're, they're, you know, as, as a pastor leader in this church, I, I devalue titles. I really do. I mean, titles have their place, but I devalue them because I don't want anybody coming in looking for a title. I want somebody coming in looking to serve. And out of your service, the Lord will choose. All of y'all in here can pray. Everybody here can, can serve. Everybody here can, 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 can expound on what the scripture told them. Uh, but everybody is not gifted to serve in certain areas. That's why you got to learn and understand your spiritual gifting. But all of us can serve. Watch this. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. Next verse says what? So Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. Watch this. But among, watch this, but among you it will be different. Watch what he says. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Watch this. Next verse says what? Right, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. Verse 45, watch this. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for men. So now what Jesus says right here, guys, if you want to lead, you got to serve. Look at the example he gave. Go with me right quick to, uh, to uh, John, the 13th chapter, in verse number 1. John, chapter 13, verse number 1. See, it's our mindset if you come to the body of Christ with your, with your secular mindset. Now, guys, hear me carefully. There are principles that we learn from the secular world. There are stuff that I brought from the banking world that enables me to, to, to manage from a, from a financial and a, and, 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 a, and a business standpoint in the church that helps us to, to foster and to grow. But I don't depend on that. I depend on the word of God. Y'all follow me? All right, so, so if, you're gonna, if you want to lead, you got to do what? Serve. That's what Jesus said. Now, watch what he does. He gives them an example right here because their, their mind was not right. I told you, uh, we preached a, a sermon a few weeks back. Uh, uh, have you lost your mind? That was a question I was asking you because I know if we're going to become his church, we got to lose our mind. We got to lose our Baptist mind, all denominational adherence. Now, listen, denominations are good as long as they don't uh, transgress God's word. But once the denomination goes against God's word, denomination doesn't got to go. Did y'all hear me? So if, if you are a Baptist or whoever, if, if, if your focus is on that, your focus is wrong. Are y'all listening to me today? Now, some people are going to listen to this. They'll get mad. I'm a Baptist. I've been a Baptist all my life. I'm going to stay a Baptist. I'm going to die a Baptist. I want to know if you are a Christian. That's all I want to know. I want to know are you saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, ready to follow Jesus. Don't give me that. Come on now. Because it's, it's, it's those who are willing to follow Jesus that's going to get the will of God's done. God's plan for his church. Watch the text. Says, but before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to the Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. How many of y'all know Jesus loves you? I don't care what you've done, how, how messed up you've been. And how many of y'all know since you've been saved, a lot of us have done some messed up stuff since we've been saved? And I don't want to hear this messed up since we've been saved. 
Can I raise my hand so you can raise yours? How many of y'all have, done, have messed up since you've been saved? Let me see here. How many of you have been messed up? How many of y'all have some, 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 some forward and wayward ways of thinking that have been shaped by all kinds of influences, everything except the word of God? So we better, we better say, God, I thank you for forgiving me. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Jesus, son of, son of Simon Iscariot, Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to portray Jesus. Watch the text. It said, what? Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. Text says this, so he got up from the table. Here's the example of what service looks like. Guys, I told you there's enough for everybody to do. And if you find yourself watching people serve, and it does something to you because you watch somebody, watch somebody serve, you better check your heart. Because I, what, I, what I would tell you as a pastor, come on, let's serve. We can serve together. There's much work to be done. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So he got it from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist. He set an example for them guys. And he poured water into a basin, then he began to wash the disciples' feet drying them with the towel he had around him. Text says this, watch this. And when Jesus came to Simon Peter, he said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Watch the text. He says what? Uh, Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, no, Peter protested, you will never ever wash my feet. Because see, why did Peter say that? Peter looked at washing feet as being beneath the master. And some people come to church thinking certain things are beneath them. But Jesus has let us know because this assignment here was, was, was reserved for the lowliest of servants in the house. Washing the guest's feet. Nasty feet. <laughs> Dusty robe feet. Feet that have been traveling and feet that have, y'all, y'all know what toe jams are? <laughs> have you ever heard that terminology? That's from the country. Toe jams mean your, your feet stink. Jesus gives the example of servitude right here when he girds himself and says, I'm showing you the way that your mindset should be. It should never be about what position I can get. It should be about how I can serve. Are you following me today? And so as your pastor, that's, that's my mindset, guys. Uh, listen, I, I, I can sniff out somebody who's looking for a title. God gave me the spirit of discernment on that. Because that, that's never been, guys, I'm telling you right now, that's never been my mindset. I, I, don't, I don't look for accolades. I don't look for pats on the back. I don't want my name in the paper. I just want Jesus to be lifted up. Are you with me? And that's the mindset that we, that we carry, and we should carry. So Jesus gives them an example of how they should serve. So let's get back to Paul right quick. Go back to Ephesians, the third chapter. Come on, let's go. I got a lot, lot of ground to cover. And so y'all got to help me get there. Say, come on, pastor. Say, we with you. Now, guys, y'all do know that uh, uh, Saul began to preach, Paul began to preach. And we, we covered this on Wednesday night uh, when Paul was in that 22nd chapter of the book of Acts. And I, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it for you because I, I don't have time to go through all of it. In that 22nd chapter of the book of Acts, Paul began to share his testimony to the church leaders at Jerusalem. And as he's sharing his Damascus Road experience, how he, God transformed his life, how he began to preach the gospel, they listened attentively because he spoke in the Hebrew tongue and they knew that he was one of them. Because you remember before, before he got saved, he persecuted the church, right? So as he went down, you go back and read it in that 22nd chapter, they were all with him, guys, and they were following him and, and, and they were silent and they were at peace 
until he said one thing. Until he said one word. Y'all know what that was? Nobody's shaking their head. Y'all don't know what that was? Do we need to go there? Go to Acts 22. Come on, let's go to Acts 22. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Acts 22, and let's go down. Uh, let's go, um, go with me to verse number 19. Verse number 19. Now, he's, he's, we only tell him giving this testimony about what had happened to him. Watch what happens. They'll listen attentively until he says one word. Text says this, but Lord, I argued, they certainly know that in every synagogue I, I imprisoned and beat those who believe in you. Now, this is, this is, this is Saul, who when God gives him his assignment, he's thinking about what he had done in the past. And I go back to what I said earlier when, when I used to, I used, it used, I used to uh, be puzzled when people ask me, well, is it okay for us to come to your church? Should I realize that some people feel a certain sort of way? Hello? And what we're doing now through this study is getting your heart right. What we're doing through this study is something that Dr. King said. I'm going to read it just in just a second. His letter to a group of ministers from the Birmingham jail. Man, if I were to use a street term, that letter was cold. That's a street term. Dr. King, one of the most gifted oratorical speaker, but a, man, a visionary for seeing what God's plan was, not only for the church, but for America also. And we're going to look at something right quick because it's something he called self-purification. But the Lord, I argued, they certainly know that in every synagogue I, I imprison and beat those who believe in you. Now, you're telling me to go to these folks? <laughs> and I was in complete agreement with your witness, Stephen, and I was, I, I was in complete agreement when your witness Stephen was killed. Now, here's Paul, Saul, Paul now, telling his story, re, re, reiterating his testimony. He says, I stood by and kept the coats. They took off when they stoned Stephen. Now, watch the text here. Watch this. They listening intently, guys. But the Lord said to me, go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. You're a Jew, but I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. I'm going to send you to the ethnic group because that's part of the mystery. Watch, now watch what happens in verse 22. The crowd, can y'all read with me? The crowd listened until Paul what? Said that word. <laughs> then they all began to what? Shout away with such a fellow. Go, go to the KJV. Watch what it says in the KJV. It, it, it brings it out. Watch this. I need y'all to hear this, guys. Y'all pray for my voice. He says, uh, let's back up. Verse, go to verse number 21 again. 21, 21 in the KJV. And he said unto them, depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. Now, now Paul is, is re retelling his testimony. And when he says, I will send thee, God told him I will send thee far unto the Gentiles. What happens? Watch the next verse. And they gave him audience. And they gave him audience unto this word and then they lifted up their voice and said away with such a fellow from the earth for it is not fit that he should live when he said that God told me to take the gospel to the Gentiles they want to kill it 
They listened to him up to that point because they know he was a Hebrew. He spoke Hebraic language. They knew that he was a former Pharisee. But until he said that, they were cool, but they wanted to kill him after that. Now, let's get back to the text. Go back to Ephesians, the third chapter. Are y'all following me? But guess what? It didn't stop Paul, right? Because he kept on going. Are y'all with me today? Now, now watch this, guys. Paul was not a prisoner. Uh, Paul was a, a prisoner, and he got into a lot of trouble because he was taking the message to the Gentiles of the ethnic groups. All right? And the Jews who thought they had a patent on God got disturbed because he was taking the message to other ethnic groups. So, so Paul was not a prisoner. Uh, Paul was not a prisoner because of the mystery, but, but not only was he a prisoner, but he was also a minister. God gave him a dispensation that he might go to the Gentiles, not only with the good news of salvation through Christ, but also with the message that Jews and Gentiles are now one in Christ. Let's get back to Ephesians, the third chapter, guys. I got to walk you through this. Now, guys, the word, y'all heard me use that word dispensation before. And it comes from two Greek words, one okos, O-I-K-O-S, which means house. And another Greek word is nomos, N-O-M-O-S, meaning law. Our English word economy is derived directly from uh, the Greek word okonomia, the law of the house, okay, or a stewardship or a management. God has different ways of managing his program from age to age, right? And these different stewardships are some kind called dispensation. We are no longer under the dispensation of law, but we're under the dispensation of grace. Are y'all with me today? So God, God, God has different ways. Now listen, God's principles don't change. Y'all listen to me. His principles do not change. His word does not change, but his methods of dealing with mankind do change over the course of history. Y'all heard me say this time and time again. Be married to the message, but not the method. Repeat that with me. Say, be married to the message, but not the method. Because if you, if you do, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get discouraged and you're going you're gonna to get, um, uh, you're going to get, uh, been out of shape with me and everybody else. I, I thank God for the Sister Hemmings of the world and Sister Galloway's and Mama Kirk and Moselle Adams and the Deacon Charles Hardimans and Faye Lampkins and others who have been at this ministry with me for 32 plus years. Now, they've seen a lot of changes. And if I'm a man of wisdom, I know that every change that they've seen, they didn't like. They, I mean, what I say they like. It wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, their preference. But you know what I never heard them do? Complain. Because they knew when I showed them something in the scripture, that's what we were going to go by. And that's what I've said all along. I know that when we stop singing certain types of hymns, they may have said, well, you know, I, I like a little bit of that. Come on. And there's nothing wrong. We all have our preferences. But when that flow changed, they didn't complain. They kept praying. Can I get a witness? Am I, am I right about that? Y'all look at me. And guys, here's what, here's what I, would, I would hate to happen. And churches are closing their doors every day. And there are people sitting up in those churches saying this. I don't like that. We want, we want church the way we've always had it. And they sit there now, they 60, 70, 80 years old, can't even sustain ministry because nobody's coming in behind them because they only saw right now. That church that's got 10 members now, it didn't start with 10 members. It probably used to have 300. 
But because they refused to change, to minister to those, a, a new generation, then they sat there liking what they like and then ended up, come on, dying out. I'm looking ahead, guys. Because, listen, if the truth be told, I don't know how long I have here. It may be 10 years, maybe 15 years. But in 15 years, I don't want, our ch- I don't want all of us to be uh, setting fire together. Are y'all with me? Because so, so we got we got to go with God. Everybody say go with God. So, but watch. Go back to Ephesians the third chapter. Let's get back there. Right God made Paul a steward of the mystery with the responsibility of sharing it with the Gentiles. Y'all got me? It wasn't enough to simply win them to Christ and form uh, uh, them into a local assembly. He was also assigned to teach them the wonderful position in Christ as members of the body, sharing God's grace equally with the Jews, all right? So, so Paul is one that we see here in this particular uh, passage of scripture that, uh, that uh, this mystery was important to, to Paul, right? The truth had not been revealed in the Old Testament. It was revealed in the New Testament uh, to the New Testament apostles and the prophets by the Holy Spirit. God revealed it personally to Paul and it was his responsibility to share it with the Gentile Christian. This was the dispensation God had given him. Now, look at the, look at the Gentiles. That's, that's the next group. Verse 6 through 8. Watch what it says in 6 through 8 of Ephesians, the third chapter. Verse 6 through 8. It says, and this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body. Now, listen. Let's bring it up to modern day terms. Sometimes when we read Jews and Gentiles, we kind of just move past that real easily. But let's bring it to modern day term. We don't say Jews and Gentiles, but we are um, different ethnicities. Jews and Gentiles, let's say black, white, Hispanic, Asian, or whatever ethnicity you are. There's all kinds of ethnicities. Guys, do y'all realize there's only one race? There's only one race. So quit saying different races. We're not different races. There's only one race. That's the human race. Every last one of us sitting in here and everybody on this globe was born from Adam and Eve. We came from one seed. So there's only one race, but there are different ethnicities. Are y'all tracking with me today? All right. So we look at this. So, so Paul was, 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 this message was important to Paul, but this message, this message was also important to the Gentiles. Uh, if you read Ephesians 2, 11 through 22, we don't have time to go there. You'll discover that Christ's work on the cross accomplished much more than the salvation of individual Sinners, it reconciled Jews and Gentiles to each other and to God. Jews and Gentiles, different ethnic groups to each other and to God. The third group, which I want to, I want to pack, unpack this just for a second. The third group is the angels. Look at verses 9 and 10. This is, this is that mystery that I gave you on, on Wednesday night. Some of you got it, some of you didn't. But I, I want to unpack it real quickly. Now, this kind of message today, guys, I want you to think because if God's plan for his church is being laid out in the scripture, my question to us today is, how will we pursue it? Amen. If we're going to be what God calls us to be, how are you going to pursue it? Verse number nine says what? I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. All right, have kept secret from the beginning. Verse 10 says what? God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in his rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Now watch this. 
if you're like me, you probably ask yourself at one time, why did God keep his secret about the church hidden for so many centuries? Certainly the Old Testament clearly uh, states that God will save the Gentiles through Israel, but nowhere are we told that both Jews and Gentiles will form a new creation, the church, the body of Christ. It was this mystery that the Spirit revealed to Paul, guys, and other leaders in the early church, and that was so difficult for the Jews to accept. Paul tells us in verse 10 that, that the principalities and powers, as the KJV says, or as the NLT puts it, unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places, that, that, that's not government officials, guys. That's the, that, those are angelic beings, both evil and good angels. Look, look back with me at that verse again. Look at verse 10. It says, God's purpose in all this was to use what? The church. To do what? To display his wisdom in his rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Guys, God is educating the angels by means of the church. Do y'all understand that? He's educating the angels by the means of the church. Angels are created beings, but they're not omniscient. They don't know everything. They are ministering spirits who are sent on assignment to do what God told them to do. In fact, Peter indicates that, that during the Old Testament period, the angels were curious about God's plan of salvation then being worked out on the earth. I don't have time to go there, but write down 1 Peter chapter number 1, verses 10 through 12. 1 Peter 1, verse 10 through 12. They were curious about God's plan on earth. They didn't know it all. Now, certainly, guys, the angels rejoice at the repentance of a lost sinner. We see that in Luke 15 and 10. And Paul suggests that the angels watch the activities of the local assembly. We see that in 1 Corinthians 11 and 10. Because it says, we are made a spectacle, a spectacle unto the world and to angels. That's what he wrote in 1 Corinthians 4 and 9. What then, guys, do the angels learn from the church? Because when we go back, verse 10 says this. Look at, me, look at me again at verse 10. It says, God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in his rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Well, what do, they, what, 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 do, what do the angels learn? They learn about the manifold wisdom of God. Certainly the angels know about the power of God as seen in his creation, but the wisdom of God as seen in his new creation, the church, is something new to the angels. Unsaved men, including wise philosophers, look at God's plan of salvation and consider it foolishness. You go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse 18 to 31. The, the Bible says that, that men counted foolishness uh, that God would use preaching to get people saved. But that's God's manifold wisdom. But the angels watch the outworking of God's salvation and they praise his wisdom. In the KJV, Paul calls it manifold wisdom. And this word carries the idea of, 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 of multicolored wisdom. This suggests that the beauty and the variety of God's wisdom is his great plan of salvation. But there's another facet of this truth, guys, that, that, that we got to explore. What are the evil angels learning from God's mission? So God shows the good angels, hey, listen, through the church, I'm, I'm bringing different ethnic, ethnic groups together as a new entity as a new as a new ethnicity no longer Jew and just Gentile but the church is a body 
The church is my new thing that I'm doing here in the earth realm. But what about those angels that fell with Satan? Because God, God's wisdom is on display throughout history, guys. What about that? So, guys, listen to me carefully. Satan, Satan knows the Bible. It's evident from the Garden of Eden, right? He twisted scripture to get to Eve, right? He knows the Bible and he understood and he understood from the Old Testament scripture that the Savior would come, when he would come, how he would come, and where he would come. Satan also understood, guys, why he would come as far as redemption is concerned. But, everybody say but. But nowhere in the Old Testament would Satan find any prophecies concerning the church, the mystery of Jews and Gentiles united into one body. Go over right quick to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 1. Watch this. Come on, we got to move. Got to move. I only got a few minutes, okay? Y'all still with me? Satan could see unbelieving Jews rejecting the Messiah, and he could see Gentiles trusting the Messiah, but he could not see both believing Jews and Gentiles united into one body because it was a mystery. Watch what the text says. Paul writing to the church of Corinth, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret. Watch this. Next verse. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. Keep reading. I came to you in weakness, timid, and trembling. Text says, and my message and my preaching was very plain, were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. Next verse says, I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Paul says, I didn't come with fancy speeches. I came with, 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 with word plainly, not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Next verse 3. Yet when I'm among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rules of this world who are soon forgotten. Next verse. No, the wisdom we speak is the what? The mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. Keep reading, guys. We've got to go. But the rulers, oh, Lord Jesus. Read it with me. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, if Satan had, God's manifold wisdom is on display. What is God doing? God is showing those fallen angels. And listen, your, your, your leader ain't as smart as he thinks he is. Your leader don't have wisdom above mine. He's dumb in a lot of ways. Because I'm going to use, amen, my son's crucifixion to bring mankind unto myself. Watch this. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, what, what would it, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. Wow. Had Satan knew that by crucifying cross, not cross, if Satan knew by crucifying Christ on the cross of Calvary, it would allow us to be saved and that it would allow for different ethnicities to come together into one body, Darnisha, he never would have did it. He never would have done it. Can I put it that way? 
here is God's manifold. Which is what the rulers world had not understood. Had they, if they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. Next verse, let's read. Come on, let's go. That is what the scripture means when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Next verse is what? But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's what? Deep secret. You will not understand the things of God from an intellectual standpoint. And that's the problem that a lot of people in the church have. They're trying to intellectually understand and decipher God, and you'll never do it. You won't understand, amen, coming together. Because you think it's a social experience, which is not. This is a spiritual obedience thing. He says, but it was, it was to us that God revealed these things by spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secret. Next verse is what? No one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thought except God's own spirit. I tell you, I don't know what some of y'all are thinking right now. I mean, as a general rule, you could be saying your voice about to go. You need to shut up and be quiet. <laughs> See, isn't it amazing how the enemy will try to do everything to keep this message from getting out, including trying to mess with my voice, including attacking people's bodies, including trying to uh, do what the devil will do, whatever he can to keep this church from becoming the church that God wants it to be. As a matter of fact, uh, Maria and I have been correcting each other. We don't say our church anymore. We say his church. His church at EBC. It ain't our church. We want to be his church. Amen? But the enemy, and listen, I, I, if I had to get a megaphone, I'd get a megaphone and start talking. I, I'm, I'm going to preach it from the mountaintops. He says, no one can know a person's thought except the person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. Next verse, if you're confused, maybe you need to get into God's spirit so you can get into God's word and know what God's plan is. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Next verse says what? When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from, there it is, human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the spirit, using the spirit's word to explain spiritual truth. Now, here's here's where I got to, I, I got to, although I want to cover all this today, I, I, I can't cover it all. We got to come back next week. <laughs> will, will y'all be back next week? Okay. And, and, and will, y'all, will y'all please go back and look at what Paul is saying here. The mystery of the church is that God was going to bring the different ethnicities together and we got to lose our ethnicity in Christ. That, that don't mean that you don't, listen, people say, what. Well, God don't see color. Yes, he does. God, that's God's uh, uh, multicolored body. God made us as different ethnicities. Be proud of who you are. This doesn't mean that you lose your ethnicity. It, it, it means that, that my ethnicity takes a back seat to my Christianity. And so if, 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 I, if I'm, if I'm going to move based on my ethnicity and not my Christianity, not, now I've made my ethnicity a God. And God said, I ain't going to have no other God before me. I don't care what it is your children, your job, your family, nothing comes before me because God says I'm a jealous God. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's word to explain spiritual truth. Next verse, come on, let's go. Now, here's here's where I got to bring some of y'all along. But people who aren't spiritual, 
And there's a lot of y'all in the church who are not spiritual. When I say that, I don't mean that in a derogatory manner. You're baby Christians. I'm hoping that you're saved. I don't know that. That ain't me. It's not my call. God's going to do that. Here's what I do know. If you hate people and say you love God, you're lying. Let me come to this side of here. If you say you love God, but you hate people, Jesus said you're lying. If you say you love God, but you hate people, you're lying. If you say you love God and got a, a, a revelation knowledge of him, but even though you say, but you're treating people differently based on what it looks like on the outside, God's got a problem with you. And if you hears and you're doing that, God's going to deal with you. Do you hear me? I don't care if you're black or if you're white or if you're Hispanic or you're Asian. If you name the name of Christ, but you're, 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 you're dealing with people based on what it looks like on the outside, God has a problem with you. And if you belong to him, he's going to deal with you. And listen to me. God would love for you to just hear his word and obey but most people are hard-headed. We got our own way of doing things, so we will keep doing the way we've always done it. So God has to go to a different level. He has to touch the circumstances. Hello? He did it with, uh, with Joseph. And he used Joseph mightily. But he had to deal with Joseph because Joseph had a little pride in him. He'll touch your body. Huh? Did it with Job. Job was an upright man, but Job still had some, you know, Job was doing some things that, 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 that was sort of uh, giving an indication that, that there was a, somewhat of a lack of trust in God. But when he went through what he went through, God, Job came out having more than what he had in the beginning. But God will discipline those who belong to him. So what I'm telling you is, let's find out what the word of God said. But people who aren't spiritual... And that's why when we go through this study, stop, ju- stop judging and making your determination before you go through the word. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds what? Foolish to them and they can't understand it. That's why your cousin can't understand. Why, why, why are you doing that study? What y'all, pre- y'all preaching on lost his mind? No, I'm not. Yeah, I have lost my mind. And I've gained the mind of Christ. And I'm going to keep on losing my mind. And I'm going to keep preaching the Bible. Watch what it says. It all sounds foolish to them. And they can't understand it. Don't you realize they can't understand it? They're not in the word. But you need to be in the word. If you can't understand it, what I'm going to challenge you to do is get in the word. It all sounds foolish to them. And they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. Watch this next verse. Watch this. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by the others. Last verse, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have what? The mind of Christ. So if you don't have the mind of Christ, you're not going to understand these things. If you refuse to get into God's word and lose your mind and, lose, and, not, and, and don't allow, know your history, don't discard your history. Uh, in this study, you're going to see Dr. Duran Gray does a yeoman's job of going back and, and, and giving us the why behind the what. So we got to talk about the history, how we got here. 
So we, first of all, we don't repeat it, and we understand how we got here. But once we learn what Scripture tells us to do, then we are obligated to do it. And if you don't do it, you're in disobedience. And I don't want to be caught knowing what the Word of God says and then don't do it. Fair enough? Is that fair enough? If I show you in the Word, now hopefully everybody understands what the mystery of God is was that was hidden in times past. It was the fact that God, God, God used the church to show those angels his manifold wisdom. I'm bringing Jew and Gentile together in one body. I'm bringing all these ethnic groups, and, and those ethnic groups are going to lose their ethnicity in Christ Jesus, even though you still know what you are. It's just that it doesn't take priority. Christ does. Amen? Every head body by clothes. Father, we thank you and praise you.